0: Um, we're back, folks.
1: Carrie. What? I have to tell you something. What? I read that there's an Ohio restaurant. They are called the Pizza Bandit. And I know what? you like pizza. I mean, I love all things. Here's what they're putting on their pizza. They have a new pizza that is a spicy Thai. You with me so far? Yeah. Cicada. I've
0: eaten a cicada before. No shit. Yes. Why? You know. Okay. So the last time the cicadas came, it was my high you school were graduation. The last time the cicadas came, I was starving. picture yourself. It's 2011. No, 2007. I'm graduating high school. We are hearing the cicadas are coming. The last time the cicadas were coming, I was one year old, and everybody was like, "They're huge. They're like this big, and they fly right into you, and they're stupid." And then Think about prom, right? It's senior year, and the cicadas are coming out, and it's around prom. And they're like, don't wear tulle dresses. The cicadas will get stuck in there. Like, <laughs> this was the hot take in my little suburb of Chicago. And so what happened was is I remember hearing all this bullshit. And they weren't wrong. Cicadas are dumb. They come out, they fuck, they leave. does not that dumb to me. Truly? They're around and then they run smack dab into you because they're dumb bugs. They don't have eyes and they're not strong enough to fly. So when they leave, they just like zoom and like <laughs> run into very you. very funny. It's very funny. I remember when it happened, like the cicadas were covering sidewalks. Anyway, all this is to say before the cicadas came, when I was 18 years old, there was all this fucking hoopla about it in a way that they're like they're the size of saucers, they're baseball sized, like so aggressive. And then they came out and they're not that big. And also, I love the smell. I love the sound of cicadas. The smell could do with that sound. Love that like summer. Yeah, I do
1: too. Actually, love it. I think it's, it's, like it's fun.
0: calming, fun sound. Yeah, yeah. By the way, do you know there's a difference between cicadas and locusts?
1: Yeah, because- I didn't know. Didn't God send the locusts as a plague? But my mom thinks you
0: can hear <laughs> locusts. And so I don't know the difference between And he the two. sent the
1: cicadas just as, to be like,
0: spring. So when the cicadas came, people started baking them and covering them in chocolate. And they would bring them to graduation parties as like a way to be like, look what I did. It
1: was like a there's DIY just, situation. There's not a shortage of food. Although
0: there is some, there are like some places that places that are do think that using insects as protein is a is a is a good thing. Like they're it's, making tortilla chips out of it's what's ants next. and flies. It's like helps with global warming, less food consumption, like less meat consumption using insects.
1: The smaller the bug, the more okay with it I am. I have eaten crickets at Mexican restaurants that do a salted cricket. Sure. Mostly for the shock value of, like, so why what not? See, that's it is. It, they're not, like, delicious or anything. No. So that's what it is.
0: I remember eating it so fast because I didn't want to taste it. But I remember eating it because there was all this hoopla about cicadas. And I wanted to know, like, I felt like eating one was, like, me being, like, I did it. I don't have to do it again. But it was, like, part of the, like folklore of cicadas, I wanted to be like, they're not that big. I ate one. It was one bite. It was done. It tastes like an almond a little. An almond? With an exoskeleton.
1: An almond with an exoskeleton. Covered in chocolate.
0: I didn't love it. I don't remember the taste of it. I remember wanting to swallow and being freaked the fuck out that I was eating one.
1: Yeah, they're just a little too big for me.
0: But at 18, I was like, you know what? Here we go. I leaned in. So... What else do they have in their pizzas?
1: We're not going. I'm going to drop a truth bomb on you. It's going to be a sad journey, but you have to take it with me. Oh, no. I'm nervous. What a stressful week. I mean, here's the thing. The kids have been sick, first of all. They're just, like, not feeling well. It rips my heart up. And it's been really emotional. And I, like, got really emotional about them being sick. And I, like, was fighting with Matt too much. Then there was this thing where – I don't know why this happened. It's because I I belong to true crime-loving groups on Facebook Mm -hmm. and even some, like, podcast fan groups that I am a fan of. And I see a lot of people talking about what true crime podcasts they like. And I get um, jealous and want Mm. us to be the – like, I want people to talk about us. I want people to recommend us. I want us to have more listeners. And I had this thing where I was like, how do you get more listeners? I don't know how to do this, but I really like doing the part where we make a podcast, but I really hate the part that is thinking about marketing or trying to get us more Yeah, well. I do. You no. fly pretty uh solo on that. Yeah. <laughs> Full transparency, folks. <laughs> Carrie... No, is absent. If you're ever talking to us on any social media website, I'm Facebook, Instagram. It stresses if me right too much. Us I can't through our email. It's always going to be me. So if you have something to say to Carrie, you should preface. This is that for Carrie. This is for Carrie because I will send it to her. But otherwise, you're talking to me. Spoiler alert. So what happened this week was one of our dearest readers reached out and was like, "How can I help?" Like we have a couple oh. and. I was like thinking about it and um, an idea got kind of bandied about that was like, why don't you get an ad on one of these really well-known true crime podcasts that says, listen to Truly Darkly Creepily, because the kind of people that listen to those podcasts are the kind of people that would like you. It's not just like throwing something into the world World. and being a bunch of people being like... Why would you even combine crime and comedy? What the fuck is wrong with you? It's like, (laughs) go to one of these more well-known podcasts, see what it would cost to do an ad. So I wrote to like six of them that I had heard of and knew that they have big listenerships. Yeah. And they're like hashtag goals for us. Right. So I was like, I'll just write to them and be like, hey, how much does it cost to, to have an ad? You can tell I'm like so self-conscious even just telling you this story. You telling me this? I truly am anxious. Like my face is hot. So I did this and no one writes me back. Right. I'm sorry you did
0: this solo. I wish you just told me so I knew. I'm so sorry. I'm
1: like embarrassed and weird feeling and then one of them writes me back. It's not like the people that put on the podcast. It's like, because when you're a professional podcast, there's like a person that answers those emails. So it's this person. They write me back and are like, yes, you can do an ad, here's how much an ad is. How much is it? Prohibitive. It's a prohibitive um, amount. I want to know how much. It's a lot of money Yeah. for us. I don't think it is a lot of money for the record for some, but for us, it's like a crazy amount of money. Totally. It's like way more than we've ever made on Patreon. It's a lot of money. So here's what I want to walk you through what happened because it's so dark and I I actually like don't have a therapist like I've said in the past so I need to dispel this somewhere so I write them I don't tell you that I've written them I don't tell Matt that I've written them no one knows that this is happening and I just start thinking about it on my own about this huge amount of money and it becomes this thing that's like an emblem of whether or not I think we're worth it yeah yeah. And whether or not I believe in myself and yeah. whether or not this yeah. is this hobby could ever be more than a hobby. And it becomes like this bigger than life thing in my head that I'm throwing around alone. And I suddenly have this thing where I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. And I'm not going to tell Carrie I'm doing it. And I'm not going to tell anyone in my life that I'm doing it because I am would be too embarrassed to tell them that I spent money like a lot of money on something like this. I'd be too embarrassed for anyone to know. And if it failed and we didn't get any more listeners, I don't want everyone to be present for that failure. And if it succeeds and we get a bunch of new listeners, then I'll tell. And I'll be like, okay, you know when our listenership like tripled and quadrupled and, we yeah. took off. It was because I did this thing. Isn't that cool? And I would then tell you. But otherwise, I was like, I'm not going to tell gonna Carrie. you secret
0: agent. Yeah. Like,
1: I mean, because I know you don't listen to true crime podcasts. So I'm like, you'll never know that I put this ad on this totally. podcast. So I would hear from friends be like, I think I heard about your podcast. And you'll be like, definitely not. It doesn't sound like us. So I had this whole thing where I was like, I'm going to believe in myself. And it yeah. was like this secret thing. That was, I was like shaking. I was so freaked. And I wrote them back and was like, We're going to buy this ad space. What's involved? Like, what do I need to do? How much copy do I write? Do they say the copy or do I like, how does it work? And they write back and are like, They say the copy. It's about this long. Like, we're going to put it in the middle of the episode. It'll either air this date or this day. And I'm like nervous, but I'm like, I'm fucking doing this. I'm like, "Let's do it." Then they write me back and they're like, "Actually, they're promoting some other true crime stuff this month. They don't want to do it." Right. So I said yes to this crazy amount of money that I thought like and then they were like, "Even though you will give us all your riches, We still will not do your ad. And then I got in my head in this way where I was like, did they do research on us and decide? I don't know. I like lost my mind because I was doing this (sighs) secret thing that took all this thought on my part of deciding to do. And it was this big deal for me. And then they were like, even though you will give us so much money, we still won't talk about your show. It's like,
0: oh my God, Quinn! I hate that for you. <laughs> I hate that for me. I hate that for us. I, I hate that for Matt. I hate that for the kids. I hate that you went through any stress. Well, and the- thank you for invest. Thank you for considering investing in the podcast, Quinn. You're more welcome. than your time. and uh, That's so sweet and kind of you. So first of all, thank you. I'm never going to do it again. It made me feel way too vulnerable. I felt so vulnerable. It's too much. I'm happy for a shout out. We have an amazing listenership, by the way. We're so grateful for each and every one of you.
1: Topsy turvy week. Let's eat a cicada pizza and move on. By the way, you're listening to truly. Darkly. cream that's the amazing will not work for free. Carry up a And that's
0: Quinn, who will not settle for any nonsense. Who is about to feed her baby child. Who is so fucking cute. Quinlan, Danielle Posner.
1: All right, let me breastfeed and then we'll do stories. Okay. Okay. Um. Story time, story time, story time, story time. 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 Welcome to the stories. This is the part most of you came for, the part where we tell stories. Some of you like to hear us chit chat at the beginning, some of you don't, and leave meme reviews about it.
0: (laughs) Say yes. Love that. Love that for me. My journey
1: is great. The stress. That's my motto. Say yes to the the stress. stress.
0: Okay, speaking of stress, my story is stressful. I'm ready. It's a story of Tanya Nicole Koch. K-A-C-H. How would you say that? Cock?
1: I would not say cock. um, Because I'd be afraid I'd be right.
0: (laughs) 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 I got this information from Wikipedia. Crime Museum. Alcatraz East. Medium article via Carter Covington. Pittsburgh Action 4 News. Daily News. CBS Pittsburgh. New York Times. Our friend Tanya Nicole she's from pennsylvania she's uh she's born i think in 81 um so like imagine the hair the styles all that stuff she's going she's i was cr- born in 83
1: it's not that hard for me to imagine the hair the styles it's her it's she's me in, but she's in pennsylvania so i feel like her style is different um, it's pennsylvania style it's pennsylvania so yours was
0: colorado style
1: what are you trying to say
0: i have no i think
1: one is more mountaineering one is like my style was crimped hair, and I used to buy those you had crimped hair. Okay, maybe
0: it was the same style. I did a long
1: T-shirt, and I put it through a little plastic doodad at the oh, side. Oh, fun. Yeah. That was... Did always oh, a long T-shirt. always a fashionista, you. Always was, always will be. <laughs> don't, don't get it twisted.
0: She's currently in middle school. It's 1996. She's in middle school at Cornell Middle... Cl- Medical. She uh, Cornell Medical. (laughs) She's Doogie Hauser is what I'm telling you the
1: story of. It's Doogie Hauser.
0: She's in middle school at Cornell Middle School. She was had a pretty normal childhood. She loved school. She likes to spend a lot of time out friends with her pals. Um, she was on the honor roll, brag about it. But also at the same time, there was some family drama mama. Her mom, I guess, wasn't around. Her parents were separating. And so she was going through this, like, really hard time. She was living with her dad, and she's like, my dad wasn't paying attention to me. Like, he didn't know what was going on in my life. It sounds like Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events in that her mom wasn't around. Her dad kind of stopped parenting, tapped out a little bit, and she's 14 years old, 8th grade. She's had an incredibly you can't vulnerable... can't stop when they hit 8th grade. You, can't, and it sounds you have like to keep his, going. It sounds like the parents had a lot going on between the two of them. And she was definitely the victim of that. Where, like, mm. they just were fighting with each other. And they weren't around for her. So, in eighth grade, she did the occasional thing where she would, like, skip a little class every now and then. And she did a thing where she befriended the school security guard. This guy, um, Thomas Hose. He's a new hire. He's... 39 and i felt like it was offensive because in the article and this is triggering so please buyer beware they were like he's middle-aged 39 which is
1: bothersome rude. that's rude that's offensive that hurts me personally on yeah. a personal and level and that's why i
0: said trigger warning you know and that's frankly why i said this is gonna hurt <laughs> um so he's 25 years older than her he has a 22 year old kid Um, He lives at home with his parents. Like, real winner, this guy. He befriends her. As any 39-year-old man is wont to do with a 14-year-old child. Get a poker night. Get a poker night. Also, like, you're Join a bowling league. Do something. You're a security guard at school. Like, chill the fuck out. But, you know... You know, I look back at, like, there were people who were teachers who you're like, oh, you just wanted to relive your high school days. Like, you know that energy. And you're like, ooh, I don't think that was totally kosh. So he was, like, the fun security guard who would joke around the kids. And so he befriended, you know, Tanya. They would talk and, you know, she would skip classes. And, you know, it quickly escalated their relationship to something wildly inappropriate to something that was fucking not okay. Like he would get her out of class so they could like talk about her family stuff. She confided with him about the family drama mama. Um, Oh, she just wanted to be seen. She wanted to be seen. And he saw her in a very not cool, manipulative, awful way. Um,
1: Like he would catch her skipping classes. That's when he first kissed her. What? So I mean, we all knew it was going there, but we knew
0: we knew it was going there. And then, after six months of like hearing her family stuff, she's confiding in him. He's a security guard, so he's like a position of authority.
1: And her of safety. And of
0: safety. I can't emphasize that enough. There's like a, like an implied...
1: You're my protector is exactly. the role that they've already been...
0: Exactly. And yeah. So she thinks she's in love with
1: him. Of course. She's 14.
0: And because of all of the stuff that's going on at home with her family, he's like, you should run away with me. And it takes her no convincing at all.
1: She's 14. Sign her up. Right. Totally. And she's like,
0: okay. I'm fucking in she would walk home every day after school on February 10th 1996 she doesn't come home her parents report her missing I believe her mother reports her missing she runs away to his home now I don't know if you remember dear readers he lives with his parents and his 22 year old son she's 14 years old He brings her to a second-story bedroom where she is hidden from his family. Because they don't go in that room? They don't go in that room. Because it's his room? I don't know. I don't
1: think it's his room. It's a random second-story bedroom. Who are these people that have houses where they're like, that's an extra room? It's, I think there's like one bath.
0: And I don't know if it's one bath. I don't know if it's like a previous episode where I had a whole thing about a one bathroom, But it was like a 22-year-old son and elderly parents who live with Thomas Hose. And he brings this 14-year-old to a second-story bedroom, and she's not allowed to leave the bedroom. He gives her literally a bucket (gasps) to use as a bathroom. She's been convinced that she's in love with him, and she thinks she needs to do all of this stuff because their relationship has to be private because he'll get in trouble. So... To this day, his family claims they never saw her. They never knew anyone was living up in that second-story bedroom. This is How insane. do you live in a house? How do you live in a house and go, yeah, that room? Never go. I mean, I don't go into a certain room in my house, but I walk into it occasionally.
1: Not I clean up. That, but, like, especially if um, a smell is, you know... I think the
0: parents lived on the first floor. Like I think maybe they were older. Maybe they they don't hear a
1: sound. A
0: sound. She Thomas had her memorize the wooden floors and which which ones were creaky.
1: Stop.
0: So she memorized where the fuck to step so that it wouldn't make a noise to anyone. Also, I don't know if you get this from Thomas, the guy was fucking manipulative. Apparently, she's like, no one crossed him. His son, no. His parents, no. Like, he had control of everything and everyone in his life.
1: And he had control of the second bedroom that no one goes in.
0: A random But he's
1: been going in it a lot lately, which the family doesn't also find suspect. It's all suspect, okay? I just don't believe that they didn't know. I'm sorry. I'm willing to like, I'm willing to
0: sure, sure. So she would eat mostly peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, a banana, a can of pop. I believe it was Fago Pop, soda pop. I don't know what What that is. What is it called? Fago, maybe. Never heard of it. Um, I didn't write that down. It wasn't Fanta. I remember it probably was like a Pennsylvania brand pop is what I'm assuming it was. Off
1: brand pop. Off brand
0: pop. PB and J, banana. He would rape her and assault her weekly. And I'm going to use the word rape because she's 14 years old. And I think it's important to know that her brainwashing doesn't negate the fact that this guy was fully raping her. Twice a week at night, he would lead her down into the cellar, into the basement, and he'd have her take a shower. So while everybody was sleeping in the dead of night, he would lead her down into the cellar to take her shower. She was brainwashed into staying, right? She's like, of I course. love him. My family life was terrible. He's saving me. He's protecting me. He would occasionally. What'd she do in there? Like, did he? He had her parents. His parents would watch TV, so she would have her ear. She'd listen to TV? And listen to them talking. This sounds horrible. It's awful. She's 14 years old. She would, like, imagine her friends were with her.
1: Oh, poor baby. She would
0: listen to his parents just to, like, get some human interaction. He would occasionally let her step outside the house. And he also was like, if you leave, I'm going to hunt you down and kill you. Whoa, what? That adds a whole
1: new level to the relationship. Here's
0: the thing the way she gets in there is through coercion grooming convincing. but then she's unhappy, and then once she's there she's like i might
1: go she's like
0: i don't love this in fact i hate this in fact this is actually criminal torture and he's like he's like i love you like, look at all the freedom i give you but if you leave i'm going to have to hunt kill, you. And kill you
1: wow so i might be worth the risk
0: it's 4 years later She's 18, 19 years old. Four years?
1: You are absolutely kidding me. She's, She's been in, in this house for four undiscovered years. by the other people that live also, there. not far away from her
0: family. Her oh, family this is, killing is me. searching for her.
1: No. They've lost hope. They of have no course. idea where she is. Oh, this is so sad.
0: Four years later, I'm sorry I just threw I just casually dropped four years. Let that me just go bomb. back. She's been in there. Four years of this. There's four years of her locked in the second story bedroom, taking weekly showers, getting raped weekly, not having anyone to talk to except for Thomas, and he's controlling everything, including the food that comes in her mouth. It would be the sad. food that goes into her. Comes out. <laughs> oh my god! Whoa, whoa, Careful. Carrie! The food that goes into her mouth: peanut butter and jelly, banana,
1: a can of pop. And I will say pop because I'm from Chicago. Oh, she probably has a pretty bad tummy ache all the time um also it's like it would be sad if that happened to anybody if anybody lost those four years but 14 to 18 I just think about like what What's that life? was like in my life and how many uh, things that shaped who I am today happened right. and how many memories I have from that time and going to prom and graduation and my high school friends and being in a high school play and i don't just, just so many learning you're how developing. to drive. you're like I, learning how to be human yeah that's so that's sad the that time
0: where you learn
1: he robbed her of that
0: all under the guise
1: that he was protecting her and he was who loved her and wait is he going to the school being a security yeah. guard during this time yeah. and everyone at school is talking about her missing
0: You know what, actually, I can't even say with certainty, but I would assume he kept his job because if he was smart, he would still be there knowing what the fuck people were saying. Right. I can't imagine him believing. I feel like then evidence would point directly to him. Right, right, right. I didn't say that he was continuing. But I bet you're right. I bet he he stayed there.
1: For appearances, if nothing else, he I'm was sure. a new
0: hire. Like he wouldn't, if he was a new hire, he got there. She, you know, he convinced her, he groomed her, and then she left. and he left? I just doubt that. Mm-hmm. So in two thousand, she's 18, 19. So he's like, okay, you're of age. He gives her a new identity, changes her hair color, and gives her a new name, Nikki Allen. At this point, he then introduces her to his family. Like, here's my new girlfriend.
1: Got it. Who, spoiler alert, has been living above you for the last four years. Which, which you know, because there's no way you don't know. Sorry. I don't know. They I could just, have been aloof. That he could I have cannot seen. be convinced.
0: That's fair. So he's like, this is my new girlfriend. She's going to move in with us. So she moves back in with him.
1: But now Nikki she can Allen. watch
0: TV. Now she can maybe watch TV. Now she can leave the house occasionally. She has a very strict curfew because I got to tell you, you're going to give her a little inch, but you're not giving her a mile because God knows.
1: She's going to run for she's it. She's going
0: to run for it. Or she's so fucking brainwashed by this Yeah, guy, four years in. And she went there under the guise. Like, she wasn't abducted. That's the thing that I think was interesting about this case. It's like typically people are abducted and their family it's like she went there of her own volition right by the way when i say her
1: own volition i mean she was groomed and convinced she was she was trapped it's not a classic situation where he threw her in the back of a car and tied her up she had existing love
0: for him she trusted him
1: right she felt like it doesn't make it any less dastardly is your point totally
0: it makes it I mean, it's, it's awful. it's just as bad, because it's like you had this 14 year old trusting you, and this is what you did with mm-hmm. that trust. Mm-hmm. It's, it's maniacal. He continues to rape, assault her. So at this point, she starts to realize this is not normal. She's lonely, but she thought, I couldn't be back with my family. I'm just trying to be free. At this like so she's realizing, wait a minute, something's not right in her book that she ended up writing, which by the way, I did not read, but I went on amazon.com and I looked at it and there was an excerpt from a blurb. So I will read you what that excerpt of a blurb (laughs) says. And you know what? That's the research you want is an excerpt of a blurb. So she talks about talking to Tom about leaving. And she says, Tom, I need to talk to you about something about leaving here. And she was like, About leaving here, I mean. She says he doesn't hit her. He doesn't threaten her. He looks at her and is so sad and he asks, Who saved your life? Who takes care of you? What about me? You know, you would destroy my life if you left. I am the only person to ever show you love and you would leave me? Don't be stupid.
1: Was that enough to make her stay?
0: Obviously not, because we're hearing about this story via me. Oh, she didn't write to
1: you personally from <laughs> she the second didn't. story she bedroom? She was like,
0: hey, I got, here's the got thing it, that was it, like, in within that, I didn't read the full text, but like, she's like, but what about me? I can't be here. I can't stay here. And he's like, but what about me? I love you. Who gave you all? Like, right, classic right, right. manipulation, brainwashing, like, you would destroy my life if you left. Not taking into fucking account that he fucking ruined her life. Mm -hmm. Took away, as you said, like some of the best years of her life. It is not until March 21st, 2006, 10 years, she's been under his control. She was able to go to the grocery store and she befriended the owner of a grocery store. His name is Joe um, Sparico. Yeah, Sparico. She goes to the owner of the store and she confides in him. She's like, this is my real name. Tanya Nicole Koch. I'm being held against my will. She convinces Joe and Joe was like, she looked like a Barbie. Like she was always dressed up. She looked, he, she convinced him. She convinces him to call the police and send it to her home. At 24 years old, she's finally saved. She's reunited with her family after 10 years she credits God for surviving. He pleaded out. In 2007, he had pleaded out. He was going to get charged. He, he, he claimed he was not guilty because they were in a relationship, I'm sure it was his fucking excuse. She was 14. So he pleads down. He pleads guilty to three counts of involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, which, by the way, that's fucking rape. That's deviant, rape. it's just it's sickening. Three counts of that. Three. Aggravated, indecent assault, statutory assault. Not statutory rape, statutory assault, interfering with custody of a child, corruption of a minor, and child endanger- endangerment. The sentence on this, can you guess what no, the maximum no, 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 sentence no. is? Oh God, what? The maximum sentence is 15 years. Mm-hmm. That's it. 15 fucking years. He was eligible for parole in February of 2012.
1: You might ask. Six years
0: after she's free. Six years. Because I think they gave him. I read both that he was serving 15 years and I read that he was also serving 10 years. I wasn't able to get the exact number of it. But he was up for parole. Three years after his, he goes to jail. She writes a book. She's 30 years old and she writes a book called Memoir of a Milk Carton Kid, the Tanya Nicole Koch story. She talks about being groomed. She talks about like that her home life was so hard and it led her to fall into the arms of a predator, right? Since the book came out, she's become estranged from her father. Her father, after being reunited with his daughter who was missing for 10 years, after the relief of that, he started bringing up a question of she went with him. He did? Her father. What? He started blaming he her He couldn't deal with happened. the guilt. He couldn't deal with the guilt, huh? That she knew what she was doing. Oh,
1: my God, And in an
0: interview, she's going, Dad, I was 14 years old. So they're estranged. Three years later, after the book came out, her father and stepmother sued her for defamation in the book. For referencing her troubled childhood.
1: They didn't win that case. Of course it was thrown out. That's she all, very sad. Then Tanya... You get a picture from that behavior of...
0: What a troubled childhood looked like. What someone who can't handle... I mean, she has a relationship to her mother, thank God. But, like, you can't... He's almost proving his fucking point. Completely. Also, it's one of those things where if she felt that way... Dude, you have your daughter back. What she went through was horrifying, traumatizing. Thank you, fucking lucky stars your daughter is back. Do you know how many people aren't that lucky? And how she got... She was in a fucking room for four years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Come on. She has since tried to sue the organizations, like the school board, like the police. All of those were thrown out. But she's since tried to sue those organizations because for their lack of action for understanding that this thomas guy for not seeing this thomas guy for not investigating properly how could they have missed that like this guy was having an i mean i want to say an affair this guy was grooming this child like how could they have missed that i mean and it's a valid question of like yeah she was taken out of class often by the security guard her friends like no one she confided in it's just, so she sued them. All
1: of those were thrown out. And I think mm-hmm. it's just trying to get some justice. Well, there's one person to be mad at, and it's the guy that did it. I totally. mean, I do think um, that There is, does
0: seem like a lack of... There does seem some responsibility to be on the school a little bit. I'll I'll say it. I think there should, there's a little responsibility there.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking about it now. You know, when I was in high school, there was... Um, after Columbine happened. Cause you know, I grew, I grew up in, in Denver Columbia. and, um, after that happened, they had, um, not just security guards anymore, but two police officers that would be yeah. at the school, um, that kind of acted as security guards in addition to the security guards. And I remember one of them was a nice guy, um, that we all got along with. And I remember that I had a friend at the time who was like saying to me, like, It's weird, but I kind of have a crush on him. And I was like, ah, ha, ha. And we just, like, joked about it. And at one point, he started hitting on her. Yeah. And it totally shut her down in this way where he was an adult and we were kids. So when she had kind of a crush on him or an innocent flirtation with him, it felt fine. But as soon as he started to reciprocate it. it... she got that, like, this isn't right vibe isn't and shut it down fast where she just stopped talking to him. I think he ended up writing her a note and giving it to her um, and asking for her phone number and asking if they could see each other outside school. And it got really scary really fast Ooh. where she was like, what do I do? I'm freaked out. He was a police officer that was hired totally. to be in the school for extra protect protection them. for us. Yeah. And I just think... um, and what I knew about him was very little, but I believe he was a family man as well. Um, so you do just, uh, I, you know, I think the school got appointed these two cops. What was the school's responsibility? Who's watching the cops? No one is the answer. And that's There was the nobody that yeah. was there to watch the security. And so this <laughs> yeah. happened and no one ever knew. And I thought, When I was a kid and it happened, I remember kind of tossing it off as like, huh, that is creepy. And then as I got older, I more and more was like, oh, my God. Who's
0: holding these people accountable? That is
1: so creepy. Which is actually like a big, obviously a bigger conversation in our country
0: is like, who are, who's holding these people accountable? Right. Who are above the law, who feel immune to everything. Absolutely. Who's holding them accountable? It just makes me so angry.
1: I think it's more common... Uh, men in positions like that abusing their power than and any of us believe
0: like, oh, I mean I remember our D.A.R.E. officer always creeped everybody out a little bit like I remember like there are adults in your life as a kid and I think we can all remember them pretty clearly of like what adults creeped you out as a kid and I could like list them in my
1: head we got a new theater teacher my senior year and he was really young like 28 mm. Um, so we're all 18 so he would hit on all the girls and we're 18 and he's 28 and he's cute cute yeah and we were like but cute but like doofy enough in the way that we were like oh it's so annoying that he's hitting on us like right um we're serious and like we're trying to do our theater thing and you're hitting on us and we'd kind of again eye roll vibe was it we were just eye roll vibe about it all of us right nothing more than that and then he ended up going to uh going to court because, um, he did end up hooking up with a 15 year old. Cause it was yeah. like the 18 year olds were rolling their eyes, but the 15 year olds, they're more open. <sighs>
0: yes. I, in eighth grade, I had an orchestra teacher and I won't name his name cause I don't know if I can totally corroborate this story, but I played the bass and he was, he would give me private lessons. And my mom later on was like, I never left you alone with him. I always found an excuse to be around you when he was giving you those lessons. And I didn't want to freak you out as a kid you know I wanted mm-hmm. you to make sure because I played the bass and I really liked it and he like took me under his wing and when he left though there were two girls in 8th grade I was in 7th grade in 8th grade that he made like a private email for them wow. like blank loves you Ooh. to email them and then he left the school he had a restraining order I don't think he could even like walk into the gym for the graduation and apparently, and this is a rumor, I cannot corroborate this, I do not know, but apparently he went to Georgia and he ended up marrying one of his old students.
1: Of course. Of course he did. Never trust a music teacher.
0: No, that's so sad, but yeah. Oh he was God. like, Have you but, ever I heard... it. but I thought it was so funny that my mom, like, trusted her blank enough. She didn't want to freak me out, where she was like, whenever the, she was like, whenever he was around, I made an excuse to go to the basement where you're like, she was like, I always was around. I never let you be alone with him.
1: Fascinating. And she didn't want
0: me to not get this. Cause she did, you know?
1: Yeah. That's hard. She wasn't
0: going to forbid me. Cause the, what kind, I mean, we took private like
1: piano lessons, my sister and I in our home. Yeah. Growing up. And our piano teacher was probably in his forties. And Brianna was, uh, he met Brianna when she was probably eight, Right. And she took piano all the way through, I want to say, high school. Is she a good
0: piano player?
1: No. Right. That makes it way more suspect, by the way. Decade of piano. And she was terrible Um, the whole time. No, I think at some points she was even probably good. I just think it didn't, for whatever reason, retain. (laughs) Um, I could be wrong, Brianna. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Brianna
0: send us the concerto. I can't wait to see it.
1: What was interesting is he fell in love with her. (gasps) <gasps> and he fell in love with her and knew her since she was eight. And oh, he started no. expressing that love to her when she was pretty young, like 15 or something. And he wrote an entire book of love poems about her <gasps> I and that's... had it published. No. And it was called something like the little heart book. And he hired her to come to his house to do extra work for him. Oh, no. And she was like, well, it pays really well, and he doesn't make me do anything but listen to him and hang out with him. Like, I really don't actually have to do work. So in high school, she'd go to his house. No. You know what my mom said to her? Don't drink anything he gives you. And that's it. Oh, my God. Don't drink anything he gives you. (laughs) Wait a minute. That could have been bad. That could have been so bad. And what I would love is your mom being like just don't drink anything you know what I'm gonna do dear readers dear Patreon subscribers I'm gonna put on Patreon one of the love poems he wrote no, about my like, sister this is like
0: that's did, what does Brianna think about it like wh- how does she feel cause that to me is like cause I was like that <laughs> my mind was like prank and I was like no that's too that's a like that guy is scary but yeah. is it scary to her
1: nothing scares her I think um, she be felt manageable. very in control of the situation. She's come a lot. Uh, she's one of those creep magnets. She's had a lot of uh, close creep calls in her life. Brianna has. Um, so I'd be, yeah, we, we should, uh, we'll do we a should little
0: interview her. Yeah,
1: we should do a uh, mini interview with her for the Patreons. That's just She'd called Brianna and the Creeps. Just it's like Benny and the Jacks yeah just creeping is what piano battery. teachers do I
0: can't yeah music teacher oh my god he was in love with her and expressed that to her what's crazy is he made it known and she was like you paying me great like what was that about <sighs> it's very odd being very here. strange and your mom being like just don't drink it and your dad's a criminal defense attorney. like what a wild time to be a posner like, truly, what a wild time. You guys lived a life. <laughs> Wasn't, like, your boyfriend's dad buying you jewelry, too? Like, what is going on in your house?
1: Creeps be creeping. They're Creeps everywhere. Creeps be
0: creeping. And you guys are Look like... Look out. They're right behind you. It's a trap. <laughs> um, as of 2018, Tanya Nicole, she's married. She has two stepchildren and some some grandchildren, some Probably step-grandchildren. Probably a great therapist. For sure. Um, and if you want more information, you should actually buy the book that I quoted the blurb, yeah.
1: which is. Um, the Expert a, of, the, excerpt of the Blurb. Expert of the Blurb book. The Blurb, the blurb book the excerpt. of the Expert. What is the book that called? That is a hard word that we're both saying wrong. Blurb Licky book? No. Expert? It's not expert. Yeah, it is. It's excerpt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an excerpt. We're saying expert. That's I did say right. expert,
0: and I didn't. I'm hungry, so like, let me go. Okay, all
1: right, you're gone. But the
0: book is called "The Memory of a Milk Carton Kid: The Tanya Nicole Koch Story." You can buy My- it on Kindle. You can buy it on Amazon. Oh, She's available. Okay. Um, but again, like we say, support
1: the troops. We <laughs> always say that. Why do we always say that? Listen uh, to me now. Listen to me. Okay. I'm doing a story now. Okay. See. Okay. Uh, um i got my my long for me by the way huh these are gonna be long episodes i know it's terrible we did short last all right uh (laughs) cbs hudson valley one and a really really excellent article in the new yorker by james lasden we We love do you want to know the name of the article that james lasden wrote even though it's a little bit of a giveaway yeah, of
0: course. I love a clever... Because the New Yorker does clever articles, and I love
1: them. It's, it's very interesting, and the name of the article is My Dentist's Murder Trial.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right out of there. Do so, the crossword in the back, come on forward, read about a little true crime.
1: We love read it. about a dentist's murderer. Gilberto Nunez is 56 years old today. He's a dentist, as you might have guessed. He's originally from the Dominican Republic, and he practices his dental strays in Kenzie no Kingston New York can I
0: ask though he's his birthday is today he's 56 today or like to as of today he is 56
1: no I don't know his birthday thank you because I thought you were like and today I'm just like he <laughs> 56. is 56 currently that is his age right that's not how old he is when all this happens noted got it he meets a couple Thomas and Linda Coleman in 2010 they both have kids in karate class, and Gilberto and Linda become chatty and friendly. They're both kind of at tricky points in their lives. Gilberto's going through a separation. Linda is a hospital administrator, and her husband, Tom's a physical therapist, and they're having money problems. Their daughter has health issues. Their son's oh. having trouble in school. So she kind of starts to talk to Gilberto Nunez about... All this stuff that she's going through and kind of just what she, what her hardships in life. And they're getting closer and they end up starting to have an affair. Okay. Gilberto is all in. He's head over heels pretty much right away. And Linda's vibe is more like, this is well, super into you, totally not going to break up my marriage or my family. A year into the affair... Gilberto is, like, still just as in love, and he has a swell idea. He gets a burner phone, and he starts to text the husband, Thomas, things that will tip him off about the affair.
0: Huh. Okay. Right. Um, Just come out with it. Like, just come out with it. If you're going to tell someone, just fucking say it.
1: Well, so (laughs) it works in the sense that Thomas then goes to his wife, Linda, and is like, are you having an affair? She comes clean right away and is like, yeah, I am. How did you know? And he's like, I'm getting these really crazy text messages. And she's like, you know what? That's fucking Gilberto doing that. And so she goes to him and is like, you did this and he won't admit it. Then he does something really weird. He calls Thomas's phone and leaves a voicemail on it. The contents of which are basically threefold. He loves Linda. He loves Thomas. What is that fucking noise? (laughs) You guys, that's really funny. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have to interrupt this regularly scheduled program to tell you, dear readers, we just had a drama where we were picking up tons of weird audio and couldn't figure what it was from. We're like looking at our phones, see if our phones are playing something, our computers would go in the other room to see if Matt's listening to a podcast. Matt he's had not. like the baby and a Bjorn and Co was eating he's like, like, it's not me. My neighbor is in the yard beneath the window that we're recording and she's listening to the Dateline Lori Vallow podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so should I just stop telling my story and have her turn that up?
0: I think Lori Vallow, I think I actually have her written down as a story to do.
1: <laughs> well, I got to do it. Got to listen to Dateline first. Um, they are the best. And you get to listen to Keith Morrison tell it, which is the best way to listen to totally uh, 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 anything. Okay. I'm going to back up a little. Okay. Linda is like, it's Gilberto that sent the text so she confronts him. And he's like, no, I didn't send these texts. Then he calls Thomas's phone. And he's like, I love your wife. I'm in love with Linda. Also, though, I'm in love with you. What? Not in love with you romantic, but I love you. Like, I love you a lot as my friend. <laughs> and uh, I love so you in the sleep weird. with your wife kind of way. Um, I love you both. <laughs> but then at the end of the call, he's like, in goodbye world kind of like sentiment. You know, like he does yeah. like a very melodramatic reading I'm gonna kill myself high school drama vibe at the Mm -hmm, end mm -hmm. and so Thomas totally takes the bait calls 911 they show up and Gilberto's like I'm fine (laughs) so that's what (laughs) happens um since Gilberto won't fess up to all these kooky texts that he sent to Thomas Linda and Thomas are like we actually really want to know who sent them because what went down isn't chill he was sending nearly a thousand in <gasps> two days. What? So it's really, really extreme. Is there so, that
0: many minutes in the day?
1: I, no. Who I can't has do that now. not work. Like no. So they're like, we want to look into this. And that's also not the only crazy thing Gilberto cooked up. He'd also posed as his own mother and sent Linda an email being like, don't end this affair with my son. I don't know why he thought that would work. It would not work on anyone I know.
0: You know what you're right. My marriage, I really my
1: kids, I should you know what when the mom reaches out when the mom reaches out, you know what, that's the one that's gonna make me stay. But so they're like, we gotta look into these texts. Gilberto knows that they're gonna do that, so he gets spooked that they're gonna figure out that it's him. (laughs) He's like, You guys I know a CIA computer expert who can figure this out.
0: You definitely trust that guy. He's great. You know great. who that guy
1: is. You know who the CIA Him? computer. It's the IT guy at the dental office is that <laughs> <laughs> So he hires the guy that does IT <laughs> at the dentist office to pretend to be a CIA <gasps> operative and you know he... and they and they and they're like, okay and he has like a fake uh, badge, like a CIA badge. Uh, this sounds a like a CIA fun badge. by the way
0: cia oh. who in the cia has a badge aren't
1: they supposed have to have covert he gets online and buys like a fake badge <gasps> and this sounds like a fun office to work at by the way
0: right really probably unhealthy boundaries but like fun party divides
1: the meeting between fake CIA operative and uh Linda and Thomas doesn't actually end up happening for whatever reason. because the
0: guy got spooked. He's like, I can't fucking fake this.
1: But then Gilberto does, because he's such good friends with Thomas. He's sleep with Thomas's wife friends with Thomas, that he is like, I'm going to admit I did this. So he confesses to him. After
0: he's paid, wasted so much money.
1: He shouldn't have just said it right away. I don't think the badge was that expensive. I know, but he also had to hire the guy. Yeah, well... <laughs> Maybe the IT guy is like, corners. that sounds fun. Cut your- <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> I feel like you would be like, sure. Yeah, definitely. If you guys ever need me to pretend I'm to work for this sure I'm for sure going to
0: concoct a situation where you're going to do that for me. <laughs> and I can't wait. So
1: what happens is he's like, Thomas, I did this. And him confessing actually brings them closer. And this gets really crazy oh, because no. here's what happens. Oh, no. They stay married, Thomas and Linda. They all three start spending time together. The affair continues.
0: Yeah, they become like it's like an open polyamorous
1: relationship. Yeah, it actually is. Um it's evolved. It's yeah, if it it's wasn't not damaged. If
0: it didn't start with such horrible levels of mistrust.
1: Right. But it does get deeper and deeper in the sense that Gilberto and Thomas are like talking about going into business together. Their fams are going out to meals all the time together. They were t- texting hundreds of times a day. Again, we'll, what are you guys doing that you can send hundreds Who has of texts? time? At one point they're texting and Thomas refers to Linda, his own wife, as Gilberto's girlfriend. Okay. And Gilberto says, I love her so much. Like, it just, it runs dark, it runs deep. I'm not,
0: I'm not, listen, I, I'm polyamory i think that's a fair way that's like totally legit way to live this seems like little poly under duress situation that's This seems like a poly little under bit like,
1: duress is how i would put it too i i i don't think it's ideal for
0: i, also, I don't think anyone anyone's like getting quack. what they
1: want in this
0: also this guy sounds like not a good dude like trying to cover it up multiple times like not being like if you're gonna do it like be honest sure you know? sure that's the red flag for me
1: On November 28th, Linda and Gilberto go get dinner together, and then they both go to their respective homes. Gilberto and Thomas text each other about a sports game on TV that night, and then the next day, Thomas heads in to go to work. He usually stops by Planet Fitness on the way to work early and works out and then goes to work. Mm -hmm. This day, no different, except he never arrives at work. They find his body. Oh, God. In his car oh, in the God. parking lot of the Planet Fitness, oh God, and this is nearby. this is Socrates. Yeah, Planet Kingston, Fitness New York. yeah. Wow. Nobody's charged till four years later when Gilberto goes to trial <sighs> in Kingston, and this is now May of 2016. Gilberto's account of what happened is that he fell asleep during that sports game that mm-hmm. was on the night before didn't know anything happened, woke up the next day, got a call, something was wrong, went to the Planet Fitness parking lot, freaked out when they saw, when he saw his friend. He, like, freaked that no one's performing CPR because he realizes he's really probably dead.
0: He's just falling to
1: his knees and is like, no. And, like, other people witnessing this are like, it was pretty melodramatic stuff. Get felt a little... Over the top.
0: You know what? Bad acting is It's hard to watch in any capacity.
1: Yes. Whether and no it's an alibi one,
0: or on stage. No when one they, bought
1: a ticket. They're, they still want their money back. They got horrible. They got panned on the
0: reviews. The immersive boards were
1: aflame. Up in arms. So during the trial, the prosecution is basically what we say happened is that Linda left Gilberto at that dinner. They were at that dinner and she's like, I'm done. He's heartbroken and cuckoo, which we all know him to be at times. So he waited for Thomas outside the gym and or followed him to the gym and then gave him a cup of poison coffee. That's like their narrative. Did they find poison in his system? I'll tell you what they found. Midazolam. Mito... Midazolam. Midazolam? How do I you pronounce all these that? are found
0: in a dentist office. Am I wrong?
1: Okay, well, let me explain. Um, Midazolam is not a lethal thing. In order for it to have been lethal in Thomas, it would have had to have been used with conjunction with something else or it might have been able to be lethal only because Thomas suffered from sleep apnea. And that's something that when your breathing stops in conjunction with taking that drug can be lethal. So one thing we know for sure, there was a Wikipedia search for (gasps) mitozolam. I'm going to guess it's mitozolam. There was a Wikipedia search for mitozolam on Gilberto's computer. Oh, no. There are files of it in his office, which are part of an emergency kit in case someone's having a seizure, but they're unopened. They're sealed. All of them that are accounted for? Correct. Oh, That we know of. One thing we know about Thomas is he has hypertension, depression, anxiety, migraines, insomnia, and sleep apnea. Gilberto knows that his friend Thomas has sleep apnea. He's the person that ends up telling the police that. He's like, well, you know, he had sleep apnea. Huh. The thing about it is it still feels very weird and flimsy because yeah, it it's, not a, it's not a sure of you give somebody thing. this exactly. drug and the sleep apnea will kill them. It's not at all a sure thing. Also, you
0: have to be asleep for sleep apnea to kill them. It's him. a like, very, it's like-
1: very harmless drug when you break it down Um, And there's no guarantee at all that it would have worked.
0: Exactly.
1: So the evidence at this point is circumstantial at best. There are no eyewitnesses. There are no fingerprints. There are no DNA. I'll tell you what they do have. They have footage of a car outside the gym. Um, The camera can kind of make out the car. What we know is that someone met Thomas at that Planet Fitness. We do know a car pulled up next to his, but there's nothing strange found in Thomas's car. When they're questioning Gilberto about this, nearly seven hours without a lawyer, his story never changes. And he says again and again that he was not wow. there. He's not the person Thomas was meeting. Okay. Okay. Linda testifies in court and she's totally turned against Gilberto. She's like even files a wrongful death suit against him. And she was like, he fucking did it. We also learn in trial that he was buying Linda a lot of shit, which, you know, I don't think that's that uncommon in an affair. But he was also like beyond buying her shit. He was paying her credit card bills and he was giving Thomas money. He was giving Thomas money for payments that had to do with a marriage that had ended like Thomas had divorce settlement payments for a n- different marriage. And Gilberto's, like, paying it. He also offered to send Thomas back to school on his dime. So he's paying for both of them in that sort of thruple. relationship. I don't know what to call it. We'll call it a throuple. A throuple. Um, I mean, but it's it's common to give the person money that you're having an affair with. I don't know how common it is to give the person money that you're cuckolding, but... They are very good but friends. They're, but they're open
0: about it in a way where I think that's why it's a threpple. like they're like, it's poly. It just feels like they have an open relationship. It feels like a very, it's a new mm-hmm. wavy, mm-hmm. new agey kind of vibe.
1: So then they start wow. in court trying to talk about, oh, he got this fake CIA badge. And what was that about? Come to find out he got it long before ever knowing that them, Linda and Tom. He just had one on hand. Well, it was for sex role play stuff. Right. He liked to play this character that he'd constructed special agent Doctor G. Yeah, sure. Okay. It was a guy that was a dentist and was licensed through the CIA to implant tracking devices.
0: Here's what's really hard for me is I feel like in this trial they're using his sexual
1: sexual proclivities as like evidence against, against him. him, which I think is fucked. No, it's, like, it's, it's anecdotally fun for me to tell you about but, Special Agent Dr. G, but let's please not use it against Gilberto. But it's like, it's, it's, it, it harkens back to, like, Foxy Noxy vibes. Yeah.
0: Where it's like, just because someone's in a throuple doesn't mean that they're guilty of murder. No. Him, like,
1: faking shit feels a little bit more on the nose, but, like... So, they go through all the recorded text messages and email communications between Linda and Gilberto... And she's trying to paint this picture of, like, I was not that into it. And the texts are, like, they definitely show that he was saying things like, if I lose you, I'll lose everything. Everything I hope, wish, and dream, and pray for. I'm not leaving you. Not today. Not tomorrow. Not ever. Which he's very, you know, dramatic. Mm-hmm. And that does even sound potentially threatening. But it's a little confusing because the stuff she's writing back is that she loves him, that she misses him when she's not with him. Um they also find that there's deleted texts on Gilberto's phone that are between him and Tom from the night before. And they're like, oh, this was it. This was them setting up this fucking Planet Fitness meeting. Jesus. But they fucking are able to get the text. And while they're working on it, Gilberto's like, I don't know how those texts got erased, but I think the police might have erased them to make me look guilty because the only thing we texted about was that phone. Game that was on TV, that sports game. That's all we said. They end up being able to retrieve the data and get those texts. And guess what? Every single one of them about fucking football. Wow. So it's really hard to piece together a reliable narrative and the of what police has already been like. Fuck. It's
0: him. So we have to do everything in our. We know we've said it once. We'll say it before. They got their eyes this set time. on him. Yeah. So.
1: If we want to look at more evidence that points toward Gilberto, this was interesting. He drives a white Nissan Pathfinder, and there was one outside the gym that morning. The best proof of this is that they have some, like, street footage of one uh, drive—well, we think it's a white Pathfinder driving from— The route that you would take from his house to the Planet Fitness going down Albany Avenue. They do have surveillance footage of that at 4.30 in the morning. It's headed toward the Planet Fitness. Right. They bring in this guy, Fredericks, who is interesting. He specializes in what is called headlight spread pattern analysis.
0: It's like a weird, not sexy Dexter. Love it. Yes,
1: totally. What he believes is that cars can be identified by their headlight beams, that they won't hit the street exactly the same. This particular vehicle, when it was driving, its fog lights were on and one light struck the ground closer than the Mm -hmm. other light. Gilberto's Pathfinder has a similar pattern, which is because of a fault in the mounting. So... There's a motion-activated camera at the Coles nearby that's next to the Planet Fitness, and it captured this vehicle pulling into the gym parking lot. Only the lights are visible because it's dark. But the front of the vehicle faces the camera, and one of those lights has the same defect as Gilberto's Pathfinder. Okay. Fifteen minutes later, we see Thomas's car pull next to this car. They're next to each other, but you can't actually see if any of the doors open or close or anything. Okay? 28 minutes later, the white car next to Thomas's car leaves. A minute and a half later, a white Nissan Pathfinder with a defective fog light appears on Albany Avenue driving away. It really looks like Gilberto's car. It really does. They get uh, Gilberto's car and videotape it driving the same route. And they have this guy, Fredericks, compare the headlight spread pattern or whatever with the vehicle on the tapes. And he compares two other random Pathfinders to see if their headlights project the same way. And they don't. So he makes this conclusion. It's Gilberto's Gilberto's car. And it puts him at the scene of the crime. Another thing we find out. Thomas, that was found in his vehicle, he was in a reclined position. The detective said it was unusual the way he was positioned in the car. He was in the driver's seat, but he was laying almost flat as if he would have been sleeping. And his pants were open. So... What is going on?
0: Did, the, did Gilberto and Thomas, did they have a sexual relationship?
1: No, not according to anyone.
0: Okay.
1: There were emails from a hookup site called Naughty.com on Thomas's phone. One of them was sent that morning at 1 30 a.m., which was just a few hours before he came. But I think it was like a ad email. Right. Like not necessarily a personalized email or anything. But this starts to be like oh there's kind of a culture of hooking up at gyms like what's the story was he meeting someone for Um, sex we know that he knew that his wife was having an affair and maybe felt badly about that the defense is basically this angle is never properly explored right it could have been a hookup and actually it really isn't explored the police have Thomas's underwear and they're stained and they could have tested that for semen, for DNA, for saliva, whatever. They don't. Why? They didn't investigate it and they didn't investigate his activity on BeNaughty.com. They didn't look at the Coleman's computers. They only look at Gilberto's, which what? is crazy. But the the prosecution's like, oh no no, this it's happened. Gilberto. Here's what happened. He had 28 minutes. He gave Thomas Coleman a cup of spiked coffee, waited for him to pass out. He, I mean, this is what would have had to happen in 28 minutes. Okay, are you ready? Yes. He gave him a cup of spiked coffee, waited for him to pass out, put on gloves, went in his car and staged the body to make it look like there had been a hookup, removed all traces of his own DNA from the vehicle, including whatever cup. He drank this spiked coffee, did not remove Thomas, Linda, or their son's DNA because all that DNA was found in the car. Then just crosses his fingers and hopes that his sleep does. apnea, in combination with the harmless dose of mitozolam, is going to kill him. And that all happens in 28 minutes. No. The no, defense—it's
0: a like, perfect crime, truly perfect uh, murder.
1: Yeah, but also the luckiest murder, frankly. Right. The defense is like it would have taken five years to accumulate the amount found in Thomas Coleman's system, so he would have had to have been planning this and stealing the drugs. There was that. There much. was that much. They didn't find any missing from his emergency kit, which was restocked only annually. And it's small, small, small amounts. So why would he have been stockpiling that for years to take this weird chance to, like, kill this guy eventually? Also, wouldn't you do... That's so weird. Here's one thing we know about Thomas, though. He had testosterone secretly sent to him via, like, a... P.O. box. Totally. So you're like, was he medicating with it somehow for right. some reason? Basically, it leaves a lot of doubt, which is why I think after six hours of deliberation, the jury reaches the verdict of not guilty.
0: Because they can't overwhelmingly convict.
1: Yeah, they so they, they find him guilty on forged uh, instrument charges, basically like the fakes, yay stuff. When it happens, Linda goes ballistic in the court. She yells, psychotic! Sociopath, line sack of shit. She's just like screaming. Wow. One thing, um,
0: I don't. So I mean, he's the. I mean, who else can she blame? In her, she lost her husband.
1: Like, you know, I mean, I don't
0: fault her for that. The
1: father of her son, and she probably feels some guilt too. Totally. He goes back to being a dentist. Okay, right back to work. Um, his Thomas's family struggles a lot. You know, he left behind money problems and his right? son, Bradley tries to kill himself. Oh, he takes pills. And when they ask him about it, he says he wanted to go to sleep and wake up with his dad. Oh, and he then does kill himself and is commits suicide at 18. Oh, so the family. sister, the like girl, she lost her brother and her dad. Oh, it's so sad. Um, The author of the article in The New Yorker, who went to Gilberto was his dentist, you'll recall. Mm -hmm. He talks about how... Does he still go there? Yes. He goes during when the guy's out on bail or whatever. He's practicing at one point. you find a good
0: dentist, it's hard to leave, you know. So
1: true. One thing that he says is, the truth is we don't know a lot about Thomas. We know that he was a guy that was the kind of guy that was kind of waiting out his wife's affair and being friends with the man that she was having sex with. We know that he was willing to accept help and money from that guy. Um, It feels like he was like a really compassionate person, but maybe lonely. Mm. I don't know. Gilberto ends up going back to court about an insurance payout that was fraudulent. Like it's a long story something burned down he claimed the wrong amount it wasn't arson so don't get too excited there was another charge about filling out an application wrong for a pistol permit anyway he's found guilty on both of these minor charges and he has this theory they're like they're trying to get of him of course they are yeah totally that's um, not
0: a theory that feels like really proven because uh, yeah
1: yeah he's like they're being extra with me because of the murder case and these are low level felonies and the prosecution is like, give him the max. Make him serve it consecutively. And the judge at first is like, whoa.
0: She Ew. was like, you're out.
1: You know what he says? He goes, it seems like you're out for your pound of flesh. Which makes you think that the judge is going to rule with Gilberto. But then he says to him, you are devoid of any shame and have no chance of rehabilitation. Okay. And then this he feels, t- feels Remember that Gilberto... Personal. There was, like, video footage of him getting um, uh, interrogated for seven hours without a lawyer. Yeah. He stays calm the whole time, and his story never changes, you'll recall. Yeah. The judge uses that against him and talks about how oh, it was really scary how to see like, someone calm how he stayed. He was. Yeah, he
0: says he's it, a dentist. He's used to high pressure situations. Have you ever had a kid who's a biter? You know <laughs> nothing.
1: <laughs> he says it frightened this court how eerily calm you were. He gives him seven years in prison. <gasps> mm-hmm.
0: Oh no! How do you feel about that?
1: I think your dad would have a lot of opinions. I don't think you get to. I don't think you get to look at a case that went if you feel like it went wrong or got twisted or wasn't the verdict you were looking for for a new I case. don't think it's that chill to like try to weirdly
0: I'm surprised he hasn't gotten an appeal because that feels like he wasn't on trial for murder in fact it is, wouldn't
1: that be he gets out at 51 years old after serving 19 months so the thing is yes you got but he at didn't... the same time you're like isn't that fucking what double jeopardy is against
0: like if you're convicted of
1: if you're guilty, is you're... sneaky this is sneaky double jeopardy. yeah totally
0: I'm not well, convinced it's him. I'm so, not convinced he's not like a. He's probably not like an awesome dude, but like seems pretty conflicted. I'm not
1: convinced it's him either. But it's the car thing is so weird. So weird. So weird. I
0: can't believe they have images of the car, but not of any people.
1: Uh huh. That's weird to me. Well, he's not a dentist anymore. The New York State Review Board they took his revoked license his license. The, the
0: the insurance stuff probably. I mean, as a dentist, he's working with insurance companies. I bet the insurance was like, I don't want to work with this guy. Right.
1: Uh, He'll remain on parole until 2023. Uh, And that's the story of dentist Gilberto Nunez. I have no fucking idea what to make of it, to be honest.
0: And I also think the thing that's crazy is if he didn't do it, right? Like, if he did it, great, like, fine. Not fine. It's really horrible. But if he did it, like, at least there's closure, problem is is we don't know who fucking killed thomas like there's a life who
1: was ended wait here's the other thing we don't know that someone did kill thomas yeah we don't know like he could have died of natural causes uh, well or put that own drug in his system for some reason Maybe he was getting sent faulty testosterone. Like, maybe he was getting sent, like... But someone pull. I mean, he's early morning next to another car at the gym that does pull in next to him for half an hour and then leave. Doesn't mean they talked, but it looks like Gilberto's car. Oh, it's, like, so hard. I can't even... It
0: almost feels like when these happens, I'm like, this was the perfect murder. But also, like, again, like I said, the lucky... Like, the fact that that much... The fact that he had that much of a dose of that stuff, like five years to stockpile that up which is fucking insane
1: you want to hear a theory of mine Hmm. no actually nah all right skip it okay i want to hear it okay so my theory is remember that thomas feels like this kind of trod upon figure and yeah i feel like gilberto's a little bit like different like larger than life and maybe there's a little bit of a thing where do you think he framed him No, I think maybe he wanted to commit suicide and asked for Gilberto's help and Gilberto promised to never tell anyone and that, like, maybe Thomas was like, I want to end this and here's, like, help me. Because I feel like he was there that day. But I also feel like the idea that they would arrange to meet They're friends. They can meet anytime they want. They're friends. Why did they meet at nothing o'clock in that parking lot? And... And it was also... Why is Gilberto saying they...
0: And it was also his... There was no note. There was no... The thing is, if he did kill himself, I can't imagine. He would fake his... Maybe... Maybe this is like Thomas wanted to kill himself and also then frame Gilberto. Maybe he was trying to be sneaky and like wanted to get him in the end, like have the last laugh. Oh,
1: interesting. That's a really interesting theory. But
0: again, like there's so much happening there that it's like so much had to happen in order for this. Like it's Ugh. Oh. Poor
1: family. The poor, poor family. Linda. The girl that lost her brother. It's very sad. Well, anyway, I'm curious what everyone thinks. So write let us, us know um, if you're a Patreon subscriber. You know we chat a lot uh, on Patreon. So let us know what you think. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, what are you there's doing? One spot left. I wonder which one of you is going to get it. Totally. It's a great uh, question. Totally, 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 totally. Also,
0: if you have any single guys, like, feel free to point in my
1: way, at least. Okay. I think that's uh, about it. Should I start running your hinge again like I was pre-pandemic? I would prefer it if you did, please. Thank you. I mean, you I'm want not to? doing anything other than all my unpaid jobs, so. Why add another one? Add another to the list.
0: Okay. I got to go. I'm okay. hungry. All right. All right. All right.
1: <laughs> we can't end like that. We can <laughs> good try. <laughs>